Good morning, I'm Pastor Anthony, and we want to welcome you to our North Park online experience. You made our day when you logged on today, and I am surrounded by some incredible men that I love, trust, and am walking this journey with in life. And we are here to honor the men of North Park Church. It is Father's Day, and so we're not just honoring the fathers in our life, but we're honoring all men, our brothers, our sons, our fathers, our neighbors. We are so thankful to be surrounded by some incredible men at North Park Church. And we just want you to know that we honor you. And so I invited some friends today and we're just gonna literally sit around a table and have a good conversation. So uh, first of all, I have Zane Smitley with me. And Zane is um, an incredible man of God who's been with us for 13 years at North Park Church. He's been with us the entire experience. We have Marcus Bryant. Uh, who I am really excited to have at the table today, and Stacy Betts, uh, all-star quarterback from Garner High School, uh, state championship winner. Uh, but we're just going to talk a little bit. About, so, so Zane, why don't you start, man? Tell us a little bit about your family. All right. Um, married to a wonderful wife, Sherry. We have five children of our own and eight grandchildren. All of our kids are grown up and out of the home, and my youngest will be married in September. Uh, see, they go from the West Coast all the way to Atlanta to Myrtle Beach. They do all kinds. Like one, my da one daughter is married to an Army guy, and one does elevators, and <laughs> they all do all kinds place. of things. But yeah. When you say West Coast, they're they way, way out West there. Coast. Yeah. And a son that's a chef in Portland. You so. got some great kids, man. Yeah. I'm so thankful for them. I can't believe you got one about to get married, because yeah. in my mind, she's still a little girl. Oh, she's still. And Malcolm was the one that got us to come to North That's Park. That's right. First time I ever saw Malcolm, um, <clears throat> I walked outside of the church, his son, um, and I hear somebody say, eat you. And I look up. He climbed the light pole in the church parking lot. <laughs> oh, and nice. I look over and he's racing somebody else. That was the first time I ever saw that kid was on the light pole. So I'm sure fatherhood was a great experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the kids. Oh, we got some good stories for that yeah, one. <laughs> I bet. Absolutely. Marcus, tell us about your family. Uh, married to an awesome wife, Mary Catherine. And I uh, have one daughter, Madison. And we have one on the way. And her name will be Sasha. That's amazing, yep. man. If you ever see me at North Park with a child in my hands, it's probably Madison. Yep. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. We're glad you, you're here. So we got two different spectrums already, right? right. So we got kind of new dad and one who's, old. you know, old dad. <laughs> Stacy in the middle. Talk to us, man. Yeah, uh, Stacy Betts, uh, married my high school sweetheart, uh, Angie, and uh, we've been married for over 20 years. Two kids, uh, Morgan, who is 18, graduating, just graduated from North Raleigh Christian Academy. She's going to Liberty University next year. We're excited for her. Just had a graduation party this weekend. Uh, and then my son, Landon, who's 16, he'll be a rising junior. And Landon actually got us to North Park because he went to youth group with Micah. That's awesome. And that's how we discovered you guys. Very cool. Man, you guys have wonderful families. So it wouldn't be right if we didn't start this conversation without some dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. So let's hear what you got. Let's see. Let's hear your best dad jokes. We'll start this way and we'll come back. If you can bear with me for just a moment. Okay. Okay. There's a dad who came home from a long day of work, uh, got in his recliner chair, really comfortable, heard a knock at the door, goes to the door, looks around. There's no one there, looks down and there's a snail. So he picks up the snail out of frustration from getting up from his comfortable chair, throws it across the yard. Two years later to the day, he comes home from a long day of work, sits in his recliner chair. When you know it, there's another knock at the door, goes to the door, looks around, there's no one there, and there in front of him is the same snail, and the snail looks up to him and says, what'd you do that for? 
<laughs> two years to the day. Two years to the day. Took two years to get back. If you get the joke, that's, that's a awesome. bad joke. Yes, yeah. so that's, that's awesome. Very good. Marcus. All right, mine is short. Uh, how do you make holy water? I don't know. You boil the hell out of it. <laughs> that's awesome. Can I say that? Yeah, you can say that. And, and not only is that a good dad joke, that's a good church joke. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was afraid to say that because, you know, the pastor. No, well, we're not in church. We're in train station. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? I don't know. Live stream. Oh, good. Live. <laughs> that is very good. That is very good. My favorite dad jokes, my wife won't let me tell. <laughs> so when we're done, I'll tell you some good dad oh, jokes. Oh, boy. <laughs> so let's just dive in. So obviously, we are fathers, and we're going to talk about fatherhood. But I think you are the father you are today because of somebody mm-hmm. who set an example for you, whether it be a good example or it be a bad example. Uh, but I'd like to hear about your influences um, from a father figure. You know, what shaped you into the father that you are today? Just jump in. I'll, I'll start. Um, so for me, my dad was just a great example in a number of ways. Number one, he, just from his work ethic and the blue collar, he was a work of heating and air conditioning and uh, really installed it in residential homes. And just was a hard job. And he came home and just showed a great work ethic. But it wasn't until he was a little over 50 uh, that he gave his life to Christ. And the three years after that, and then he died in 99, but the three years, the way he lived his faith, um, it was amazing. He was bold about his faith. And I can still remember my friends coming over in high school. And this was after my dad was saved and giving his life over to Christ. And he would sit them down and say, hey, boy. Uh, where are you in your faith? Where are you in your walk? I mean, he'd go right at him, and it just really encouraged me to be more open about my faith. And then one other gentleman, um, when I was in uh, going into high school, his son, who I played ball with, was killed tragically in a train accident, um, and uh, ended up as I got into high school, I got to know this dad. He would still come to the games. Uh, his name was Jerry Anderson, and he started to have a Bible study with some of the guys on the team. And we started to go over to his house for two, three, four years, and he really poured into me spiritually. So I saw my dad from a work ethic, but then living out his faith. And then I saw this man, Jerry Anderson, pour into me to show me what it means to be a godly man. Yeah. And so that just had a huge impact on being a dad, being a husband, um, and just living my faith out every day. Yeah. And so what I love about that is I think we automatically think we are shaped by our dads, right, yeah. our moms. But you described somebody who wasn't your dad, yeah. who really had a fundamental impact on who you are. And it just reminds us, you might not be a father, but man, the impact that you can make on somebody yes. else yeah. just by making the investment in their life. Yes. Marcus, what about you? For me, it's really the community. Like my dad, uh, I look at things today and people that I surround myself around. And I look at some of the things in my childhood that my dad did for me. And I bring all those together to kind of shape how I'm a father to my daughter so uh, for me it's like you know some of the things we did uh, when I was younger to that really shaped me that means something to me that I look back on and I look at those things that you know what my daughter will want from me and my wife will want from me today Mm, that's good that's so good that's so good and I like that you said I'm still learning right I'm still looking around I'm still being shaped right right so good so good what about you I got came up with three guys that had an impact in my life. My dad, I think for most of us would say, but he was born like 1927. So he went through the Great Depression. And so he was raised really hard, but he showed determination. And what I saw was that he would do whatever was necessary 
to provide for his family, which, which is what I've had to do. You have to do what you have to do for your family. But, um, especially when you have five. Especially when you got five. <laughs> <laughs> and a set of twins in there. I think that's oh, important uh, to say, too, because yeah. that's mm -hmm. special. But uh, I, can, I remember things that he did that was might have been out of the ordinary. Like he would do something that stuck as a memory to me that shows me a lot of love. Because he wasn't one of those love-hug type of people until he's much older, until most of all of us had our own kids. But then he would hug and love us. And first couple of times he did that, it's like, uh, who are you? And where you? you know, but, but he, but that was an influence that I have, I made choices and things to life for my family, do determination, hard things. My father-in-law was another one. The guy was totally opposite my other dad. So I got to see both aspects of it. So my father-in-law got to meet, know him before he passed and all those, but it was he, very loving, very giving, bless everybody. Couldn't rub two dimes together, but he'd be doing something for other people. And the third guy in a church that we attended, the kid had three boys that were always doing wild, crazy things. But the guy never, I never saw the guy lose his temper, never see him get upset, never see him like, uh, worried or stressed out about being a dad. And the guy was always at peace. And it has to be that, that Christ in him that we don't, we don't have to react some of people in our lives really angry and that through the peace of love of Christ that he showed me that I could do the same for him yeah for my own kids so good so good mm -hmm. so my dad was a pastor um, my all through life he was the only pastor I ever knew was my dad so I didn't go to another church until I went to college you know uh, but it wasn't my dad being a pastor that made such an impact on me it was the fact that he lived what he preached every single day you know what I mean? Like never one time did I ever see a discrepancy between something that he preached and something that he lived. Um, so my dad's been a huge impact on me. I've got a great father-in-law um, who also has been a, a great in influencer in my life. Uh, my dad, one of the things that sticks out to me was we think about these elaborate vacations that we might take and these trips, things, experiences we want to do. Um, but it was the little things that we did together that made the biggest impact on me. You know, we'd go, we'd just go ride the boat on Roanoke River, you know, after school one day. And we might go out for an hour. But just those little things. And my dad would have this phrase, and it was always, making memories, son. We're making memories. And I remember um, we had to drive an old 68 Chevy stepside pickup from, like, Plymouth all the way down to, like, the, the Wallace area where my brother lived. And it was burning oil like crazy. And so we had to stop and continually refill that thing. It would get heated. And maybe it was the radiator was, was leaking. We had to keep putting water in it. That's what it was. And it was just continually, we were beside the road, you know. And I'm, I'm a teenager, and I'm thinking, this is the dumbest thing. I can't believe we're doing this. And my dad would just smile and say, we're making memories, son. We're making <laughs> memories. And I'm like, these are bad memories. These aren't good memories. But looking back, that was like one of the funnest days ever, you know. And so um, he was just such a great encouraging me he still is he's watching today and, and i just love my dad so much i'm such a such a blessed guy to that i think because i hear your stories too just like people kind of step in at different times yeah. for each of us right and you and your dad he's there the whole time your father-in-law steps in i look when my dad died in 99 you know i kind of looked at my father-in-law's now my new dad mm -hmm. right and he's been a great example of that for me so your point is just never cancel out or think you can't have an impact somewhere and i think even his dad's 
not just with our direct kids, but also the kids that come into their lives and that come into your family because of your kid, right? Oh, the yeah. opportunity we have. And, and we're honoring all that, all, yeah. all men here. So, so let me describe something that's happened here. So there's a great guy in our church named Grayson Sargent. Mm -hmm. And Grayson is, is such a, an incredible young man. And in, in some, I did their wedding, and in some way I've, I've tried to, to be a, an influencer for mm -hmm. him. And what's funny is he's been the same thing to my son. He goes to my son's games. Yep. Like he's teaching him to play golf right now. He spends so much time with Micah. If you ask Micah today, who, who do you want to be like, you know, when you're old? He's going to say Grayson. Like he <laughs> loves Grayson. Mm -hmm. And I love the investment that Grayson is yep. making in in, in my son, I'm trying to make somewhat of an investment in him. But what's funny is through my relationship with Grayson, I now have a relationship with his father. Yep. And his dad is investing in me. Yep. And, and I'm constantly thinking, man, Jim Sargent's just an amazing man. And so it's just amazing how mm -hmm. that trickles down. So no matter what age we are, we really can have a fundamental impact mm -hmm. on somebody else's life. True. So good. So that leads me to a verse of Scripture. So Ezekiel 22 and 30 is a verse of scripture that my dad preached from when I was a middle school student. And for some reason, out of all the messages that he preached, this one stuck in my head. And this is what the verse says. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness or the right way of living that guards the land. I searched for someone. And here's the, here's the thing that stuck in my head. I searched for someone who would stand in the gap, who would stand in the gap in the wall so that I wouldn't have to destroy the land but then there's that phrase, but I found no one. And I just keep thinking the series that we're in, you know, be the bridge. We've got to be the bridge. We want to be the bridge in all of these different types of conversations. And I think we as men need to do our part uh, to stand in the gap, you know. And I think we have the tremendous opportunity uh, to make an impact in people's lives like somebody has stood in the gap for us. Mm -hmm. We can stand in the gap for somebody else. So let me just pose that question. How can we... Stand in the gap. You know, as I think about it, number one, when I, when I think of standing in the gap, I know it's a tremendous responsibility, but I, it's not a responsibility I can carry on my own. There's no way I can do this in my own strength. And I think the minute I believe that I can do any of these things to, to shape my kids, lead my family in my own strength, right there I've already started to fail. Um, and so first, as I, as I think in terms of standing in the gap, and I look at what our kids are facing today and what they're going through, it's just so different than what we did growing up. And so part of it is me just sitting there and understanding better from them. What are you dealing with? And then making sure that as I talk to our kids and, and my wife and I talk to them, that it's biblically based, it's grounded in Scripture as much as we can be, and it's just encouraging them that, guys, you don't, you're not in this alone. We're here with you, but most importantly, God's with you through this. And, and so whatever you face, as I think about that standing in the gap, you know, when I, when I think of my life, I think there's six words I want God to say. Right. And I think we always say, which is well done, good and faithful servant. And that part of that is how I took responsibility, stewardship of my family and being intentional about how I live out my faith. And to your point, you said you saw your dad live it. And uh, while I'm far from perfect and I'm learning and growing as a dad and I will continue to do that. I know that it starts being in prayer for our families and being grounded scripturally in terms of how I lead, because my strength and wisdom is truly going to come from him. So that, that's kind of how I look at it. And I know there's a lot more we have to apply from that, but that's the foundation I think I've tried to live by. Absolutely. That's great. Before I was a father, husband, uh, you know, uh, for me, I would have said I knew, like, I, I know what I have to do to be a father. I, you know, I can say 
you know, this is how my son is going to be. This is how I'm going to teach him. Uh, but I think life throws you so many curveballs. And for me, all my brothers, uh, all, all I had was nephews. And uh, now I come up with a surprise. It's a, it's a girl. <laughs> so, you so, were, so I know how I, I know to be it. a father yeah. of a boy. <laughs> right. So I know he's going, he's going to be, a, you know, he's going to open the door for women. He's going to do all these things. He's going to be out cutting the grass and right. do X, X, X. Yeah, you hope he will. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess for me, you know, just going back to what you're saying is like, I thought I knew how I would fill that gap. But getting to that bridge now, uh, uh, I can't fill that gap without the help of other men in my life to help me understand, okay, here's the mistakes we made. Here's where you can learn from. But before, when I didn't understand it, like I thought I knew what I would do before I got to that bridge. But now that I'm at that bridge, I know that it's going to take, you know, my other brothers and, and sisters to help me get to that point to help fill that gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when, so when my kids were born, no one handed me another baby. And then here's the book, How to Be a Father. There's no manual. There's no manual. You know, <laughs> and, it, and for me, it was rough because my dad wasn't the model I wanted to copy at the beginning. So it was like, I don't know, what am I doing? And so, but it, it takes people in the church to show examples. I'm, there are other men that have come across my life in other churches that, you know, this is what you, this is what it looks like, and you try to mimic what they're doing. It's like we all say, we have to have other people come into life. And so, I, I mean, I got, I love to talk about what I would like to pass on to other fathers, new fathers, and all kinds of different fathers, different seasons of things that I have made bad mistakes on and know what I should do better at now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love what you're saying. So, so Stacy, like to to have those conversations with your your family and kids, we've got to be in the Word of God. That's right. Right. Yeah. So we've got to to be able to live it out. We've got to get in God's Word. I love what you're saying. We've got to have people around us. We've kind of got this mental image right here. I mean, even we didn't set you up this way today, but you think about it. You've got a young father, and on either side of him, some some guys who have been on this journey for a while right. and and it's important to kind of lean on these guys beside us it's almost i almost see this picture of a guardrail right, mm -hmm. right. to help you stay um on that path that god's called us to and and i love what you said like the church has been an inf you've said that many times already mm -hmm. today and that's been a big influence in your life and so you've been surrounded by a community of people that have kind of taught you and shaped you i think it's beautiful to watch and observe see what other guys are doing yeah. So I always ask this question when I'm talking to leaders or um, mentors. If you could go back and do something different. Hmm. <laughs> Not have five kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd have, no, no, I'd have all of them again. I'd have all of them again. You'd have six. <laughs> What'd you do different? Um, you know, I, I, that's a great question. What would I do different? Um, I think part of being a dad is continuing to learn to be patient because there's so many things I want to rush and assume you know how to do or you, you, let me show you how to do it when sometimes you need to let them do it and experience the stumbles and failure because as a dad, I don't want you to stumble. I don't want you to fall. I don't want you to fail because I want to protect you. You're my, my child. So part of it has been trying to step back more and then hopefully they understand that in letting them do these things and having those life experiences that we're doing it out of love 
to help you get stronger. That I, you know, I'm still learning this area, but I, because sometimes they just want to quit here, just move out of the way. I'll get it done for you. Right. Let me do it. And then when they come back and I'm not here, are they going to know how to handle and get through that situation on their own? So that, that's something that now I realize in that patience part and, and letting that kind of take fold. I think I would do a little different if I was coming through it again. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think I would do the same thing yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, when two of mine, one was uh, 17, the other one was probably 16, something like that. And they approached Sherry and I, hey, we found this awesome thing, job we could do for the summer. We could go to Syria and be teachers. <laughs> and so we're listening to them. And so the thing is, you you gotta, you gotta listen. You gotta let them listen. Let them explain things. And and I said, okay, let's go for it. Let's do it. And I didn't realize how much of an impact just by listening and allowing them, to, like say, to yeah. to go. They they you know they they were safe. They came across all kinds of adventures and excitement and stories that we didn't know about for years later. But <laughs> like they try to sell my brother, his son, my son tried to sell his sister for a camel. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a camel. <laughs> Over there, you know. <laughs> but um, Rachel, the one who went, decides, Dad, when you told me that, I didn't I didn't know how much you believed in me, how much confidence you had in me that you could trust me to do this. And so it, it seems like it's no biggie and like and you're taking your hands off and you're scared to death that or are they coming back? But but those are building moments when, when the kids see us allow them to do things maybe that we wouldn't consider safe. Or, or. So a few days ago, in the middle of these conversations that we've been having about racial unity, um, Stacy and I were in a small group together, yeah. and you asked a question in that small group, and, and that question was, how do we have some of these big conversations with our kids about these things that are happening in our society today? Um, and I like the dialogue about that a little bit because I think right now, um, I know my daughter and I, right before we came here, sat down and had dinner and had some really meaningful conversations about things that are happening right now. How do we have those and do that with confidence? I, I would say for me, and I'm learning through this process, is, is number one, it's not a start and a stop. I think it's a continuing yeah. dialogue. Um, That's good. And so just to know we're going to, have short conversations, long ones, and I'll give you a quick story. Uh, Sunday after the service, uh, my in-laws were in town. They spent the night th- over the weekend, and and they grew up in a gen- generation where segregation was real, and it was there for. The, I mean, it was front and center for them. This is what they grew up in, and then to see the transition now to the things that are happening now, where we're really fighting for the equality of, of every human, and um, particularly African Americans. Just the conversation I've never had like that with them. And the kids were in the room, and we were just very open and very candid. And it wasn't that we solved everything there, but the fact that we were willing to have some very frank dialogue and what they experienced and what they've seen and what we're seeing and just how we can be better from this. And, and you know, the thing for me is I wanted my kids to be right in the middle of that conversation, right, and, and hear what's happening and, and appreciate where we've all come from in the sense of learn from each other and, and – uh, and let that help you build you into the person that God wants you to be. And so part of this has just been being willing to have some conversations that I just haven't been comfortable having. And I might mess up, and that's okay. My heart, hopefully, and I pray in the right place. Um, but listen and then be willing to move forward in a different direction. 
and act on the things we need to act on. So that, that's been, and so we've had this ongoing dialogue. It's been going on for two, three weeks now, just at different spots. And um, the kids have been more open about talking to us about things. So, again, we're going to continue that. And, and that, that's been some of the things just over the last few days. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's uh, a lot with today, this question wasn't even asked, you know. Um, and with me and having a young one, like, usually I kind of put the ball in her part. You know, what, what are you thinking? What are you experiencing? And even though she's probably a little bit too young to understand sure. it. Yeah. But I think it's important to put it out there and just have the conversation and ask the questions. Because as, for example, my daughter, when she grows, I can see it changing. And for me, I don't want to shape it for her. I want her to find those questions and I can just be more of a mentor mm-hmm. for as she grows versus kind of saying, facilitate a conversation. Facilitate it versus saying, this is the way we do it. This is the way we'll always do it versus let her build that herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Same what about you, man? I think it's just the same thing. It's just you just have to sit down with them and talk about them. Just bring it, and it's an evolving type conversation. It's just, it's not like dogmatic. This is it. This is one thing because things are always changing, and so you have to you have to evaluate and you have to have those discussions with them on, on an ongoing basis. Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing I'll add is um, my dad was always great at son. This isn't my opinion. You know, I want to show you where I'm, where this is coming from in Scripture. You know, and so if we can yeah. take our experiences and our conversations and make sure that they're grounded in Scripture, I just don't see how we can get off course. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that keeps us grounded, you know, as we go. Right. And so as we as men kind of come to stand in the gap together, um, I, I want to know how we can bridge the gap and stand in the gap together. Uh, with with our black brothers, you know, not just our white brothers, but how how can we do that more um, more intentionally? I guess is my question. Help me with that. I think it's I think it's really about who you surround yourself around. Uh, for me uh, and my family, you know, we don't seek to just have a diverse friendship or you know just white friend, black friend, Hispanic friend. We just look to have friends, and from that we just build on. Um, so, so I really try to show that with my daughter, and have her build on that experience as well. Because I know if she if she sees that through us, she'll continue to build that and have that open mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As we seek to move forward and continue to kind of bridge the gap. Um, what do you guys think that we need to be doing as men in our homes to lead those steps forward? You know, if I, if I, and I think it's a great question. I think one, it's some of the things we've discussed already. Um, I, I need to be a doer of the word, right? What does God's word teach us and then live that out? I think I got to walk the walk, right? If I'm going to talk to you about these things, you need to see it reflected and you just said it beautifully, right? Just, the, the way you talked about it's not just seeing this type of group, but all my friends and letting the kids see that. So that's a part of it is just they see it in my, in my life. The second thing is I, I think I've got to be more intentional about having the tough conversations. You know, sometimes as dads, you don't want the confrontation. You don't want to have that tension in some of the relationships <laughs> with our kids. But I think we've got to be more intentional to do that. And I love what you just said, but it's got to have a scriptural basis to it. Um, so that the kids understand it's not just me, but it's how God views this. And we, we talked about this in our small group. I, I don't know where I heard this, but 
You know, so often we look to the cross, but what I think God's telling us is you need to look from the cross, Stacy, and just see as I see, right? And look into this world and all these situations that are happening uh, right now is to get you back onto me, get you focused on me and helping our kids see these are tough situations, but it's also a great opportunity to turn our eyes back to our creator and say, God, what are you teaching us, showing us through this that will help us move forward, not just over the next three, six weeks and months, but for the rest of our lives that it's in a meaningful way. So, so those are the things I wrestle with every day and pray about and just seek God, how would you help me step into this in a way that would honor you for my family? So, and to piggyback off what he said, um, I think it's something that you said in church uh, uh, a while back. It was, it was if you want to know, uh, you know, what your kids are doing and who they're, you know, who they're hanging out. Look at their friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would even extend that on to like, you, if you want to really see who they're hanging out with, look at, you know, the parents' friends and, oh, wow. and just build that on. Yeah. Because then you can kind of see, okay, hey, if mommy and daddy's, you know doing certain things it's okay for me to do those things as well so you know because for me with madison she she repeats almost everything i say mm-hmm. so if i don't want her to say it how uh, you better not say it so she's really a sponge just taking in all that information yeah and if i'm surrounding myself by certain people and she's seeing that uh you know people that's walking with god and more than likely she's going to surround herself yeah. around those type of people but yeah. if i'm out doing certain things, you know, and partying or, you know, whatnot, um, is, is, should I be surprised when she does those things? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Well, look, I 100% believe if something inappropriate comes out of Madison's mouth, it's probably something she heard from Mary Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love you, Mary Catherine. What about you, I can't add any more than what these guys already said. It's, it's basically the same thing. Um, Growing up, my, when my kids were growing up, we just we, we just loved every, we yeah, gave them right. just people. We just yeah. loved everyone, and the kids saw that. And even to this day, all of our kids, same thing. They they don't they're having discussions with my grandchildren about this because now it's now it's something we, they have to talk about. But they are just modeling, as you said, all what we're doing. They just model what we did, and now they're doing the same thing to yeah. their own kids. Four steps have kind of come in my mind over the last few days, and you've said every one of these steps. Pray a lot. Mm-hmm. Start the conversation. Be the example. And then mobilize our families mm-hmm. into action. And I, I think if we could do those four things as dads, we will, we will move our families forward. We'll move our church forward. We'll move our, our community forward. If we pray a lot, start a conversation, set the example, and mobilize our families into action. Well, Anthony, one thing I was just saying is just on my heart is, you know, we, we know Scripture teaches we're to lead our families as men, right? Um, and one thing that I've just been thinking about, especially on the job over here, is f- for us to be great leaders, we have to be great followers. And so the question is, to whom or what are we following, mm-hmm. right? And, and so when I look in our lives as men, if we're going to step up as we need to and should and as the Bible directs us to and as God calls us, it's going to be a direct relationship to how much I'm following my Heavenly Father. And it's just as simple as that. I mean, we can make it really complex, but if I'm being a great follower of Him, then my ability to be a great leader of my family just goes up proportionally. So I just leave that for us as men to think about, and and we're all at different places, but I just think it's as simple as if we're being great followers of Jesus, then 
our chances of being great leaders of our family are going to be impacted as well. So Man, that's beautiful. I love you guys. You're wonderful husbands. You're wonderful dads. You're great men. I'm thankful you're my brother. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Stacy, would you just close us in prayer? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful <clears throat> for a few moments to talk as men and just about uh, things that we are going through and facing and Father, the uh, opportunities you've given us uh, to, to lead our families, lead in our communities, lead at work and wherever you've placed us, um, whether we have a direct family or we are associated to those in our lives that we can have an impact on. Father, I pray that as I just mentioned, Father, what you put on my heart, God, for us to be great leaders, we first have to be great followers of you. So I pray that as men, we will examine our life the things that are going on, Father, and just turn to you, Father, and look to you for wisdom and for strength and for courage, God, to do what we're called to do, because we can't do it alone, and we shouldn't do it alone. So I thank you for how you will equip us and fill us with your spirit to do your work, and just help us, God, to be the men that you've called us to be. We'll give you all the glory, and thank you for this special time with these men. We love you, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 What do you call a fish with no eyes? All right, here's the next one. Why do crabs never give to charity? Because they're shellfish. They're shellfish. You're not shellfish. And so if you would like to give today, why don't you go to northparkrdu.com and hit the online giving button. Let's be a great steward of what God has placed in our hands and let's invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home for today's online worship experience. And we want to continue to connect with you. If you're new to North Park, why don't you hit that digital connect card on our website? We would love the opportunity to learn more about you as we walk this journey together. And finally, if you have a prayer request, we believe that God honors bold prayer and bold prayer honors God. So why don't you hit the button that says prayer request on our website. Trust us enough to pray bold prayers over your life. Remember, you matter to God and you matter to us. You were loved and we are cheering you on.